0: Oh, this week we tried a little Cacho y Pepe that came out. Um, I would give it like a BB a B plus. We didn't We didn't have the right cheese. Uh, we went a little light on the pepper, but it was a good good first attempt. It was kind of it was fun to, fun to try.
1: That sounds baller. Welcome,
2: welcome, welcome to Footy
1: Fellas. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota, both of these states with the most beautiful blossoming trees as the weather gets warmer, then colder, then warmer, then snow, and hopefully warmer at some point. We're going to be talking soccer, we're going to be talking life, playing games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram at Footy Fellas Pod. On Instagram, it's F O O T Y Fellas Pod. Also, Twitter. Ba-ba! Also, TikTok. We're expanding, growing and expanding because yeah, we got so much good stuff to share with the world. Tons of content. A lot of we reach. also got an exciting World 11 draft for you today with a couple of special guests. So stay tuned to hear how that shook out. Each of us drafting our best worldwide teams to. Be victorious in a single winner-take-all game, so that was pretty exciting and some good some good banter there.
3: What do you guys think of the draft? You know, I, I thought I was I was in, I was very pleased with our guests. I thought um, Derek Grammer and uh, Jack uh, Magich, uh really brought their A game. Um, I think there's some fascinating developments when you listen along and hear the different strategies applied. Who had different formations and how that affected their drafts um definitely some unique teams
2: yeah definitely some unique teams i thought it was a blast i had a great time um yeah you'll see i'm excited for you listeners to see the teams that that get formed they're they're fun and they're good They're, they're good matchups i think against one another
1: we need all of you as well to vote on pick the best team because obviously we're each biased And so we're going to put that out to the world and see which one of us truly had the best draft based on your vote and your opinion. I want to run through a couple of quick storylines today because I think kicking off with, uh, you know, what's going on in the world of soccer right now, as there are a lot of things changing with each of the leagues. And so the storylines today are just going to be kind of a quick update, really quick update on where each league is at. And then want to get your guys thoughts on, what soccer would look like without fans in neutral venues, some of the options being proposed basically to, to come back and, and make this work. So the MLS starting in the U S starting at home, the MLS has taken league play online with their E MLS cup. So a lot of online competition there, but real soccer has still been pushed back with no start date in sight. And the USL league two, which is the fourth division in the U S has been canceled for the season officially. Moving over to the Netherlands, the Eredivisie was canceled almost a week ago at this point, and no champion was crowned because both Ajax and AZ Alkmaar are tied at the top with 56 points with nine games left to play. So, league canceled there, no champion crowned. In France, League One has also been canceled, and PSG were declared the champs. They were well ahead of the second-place team at the moment, and could be another example of potentially league being canceled and a team that's well ahead being named champ. So we'll see if that carries over it at all. Germany Bundesliga was supposed to reopen on May 9th, which is coming up pretty soon, but that planned restart has gotten pushed back to May 16th or May 23rd. Syria in Italy, the clubs are being allowed to return to training soon, but no set date to actually return to real games. And La Liga in Spain the clubs have granted permission to the they've been been granted permission to start testing their players for covid and so it does seem like they haven't had that step in place which is kind of a prerequisite to actually getting back and making sure everyone's healthy that's out there playing against each other so step in the right direction but it seems like they're well out from returning to real competition lastly the premier league bringing it back to england they are potentially talking about playing in only certain neutral venues, no fans, but without the threat of relegation to teams. And that's such a central piece of world football is teams moving up and down divisions you know, depending on your performance. So it could be really interesting. But overall, it seems like clubs are starting to slowly return kind of along with the world as things are opening up. But a lot of restrictions would be put in place if anything was going to be actually
3: played this year. This was super helpful.
2: Yeah, that was that was good. Uh, thanks for the updates. I hope that if the English Premier League decides to cancel, they take the route uh, that the French league did and declare Liverpool the winner. Clearly, they're well ahead of everyone and just had an amazing season. So it makes sense. Second, I I'm very interested, and I hope that there's a lot more innovation around stadiums and crowds. And you know, I'm thinking in my head. Um, right. Because the big thing is you can't everyone's nervous about getting people in there or watching games because you can't really social distance. But one, you totally could with seating arrangements, you know, just sell every like third seat, whatever. That's easy enough. But then everyone's always saying, oh, the concessions get crowded. That's an issue, man. I'm thinking of all the cool ideas that could potentially be um, you know, sought after by engineers and companies, whatever you could have drones delivering meals, like you can order from little tablets, and have like I don't know, little robots or something. There can definitely be a way that's so cool for the for the person attending the game um, that would make that experience way better and you know safer, not having to be in huge crowds of lines waiting for you know a hot dog or a pretzel or whatever you eat in Europe. You know,
1: you want stadiums to turn into E is what you're saying. Wow. that would be
2: awesome now again my heart goes out to uh workers who work in stadiums i think we have to find you know uh something something to do <laughs> but i think i think there's there's ways technologically to be safe that will be cool
3: yeah my 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 state my my like logic for any of this news is uh, solely on who's who is titled uh, champion and who is you know relegated. And, and hearing that the EPL, for example, doesn't want, or you know, will potentially not force any relegation does feel a little off. But, but another side, like it does feel like like it's probably the right decision not to necessarily punish teams for not being able to win at this stage of the game because they're in these neutral grounds um under unique circumstances it's just it also feels like is it also not punishing teams who and that's assuming there are teams who are clearly going to be relegated but are there you know does that not really just punish people in the second division
1: yeah it seems pretty brutal for championship teams who would have been promoted and makes a huge difference you know once it things are more back to normal and their club would be a
3: totally different spot and i wonder like how quickly can they just kind of get back in the flow are these games gonna be really what we want them to be Are they gonna really yeah they'll be playing and stuff but there's gonna be so many asterisks on it you're like okay well this game doesn't really count because you can't really get relegated It there's no fans here it's not really gonna be as intense um like i'm kind of torn as like you know is it really completely necessary to play them like at all and look i'm as a united fan rambling but i'm totally fine with liverpool winning like that's totally fine like they're, they're way ahead and they should be like crown um but but at the same time like i also don't feel like like what's the point of playing like other than giving you something to watch i guess is it really gonna be that good is the product gonna be that great someone needs to clip that
1: jones just said he's fine with liverpool winning <laughs> and, and all this is obviously secondary to safety and everything else going on to your last point, Jones, where at this point, I don't know if it is worth the leagues coming back. I'm sure they want to do it for revenue and, you know, uh, from a business perspective, they want to make it work if possible, but it all feels secondary. The other group that secondarily I feel bad for that we were talking about a bit earlier is summer camps. And if those don't happen, kids that would play soccer over the summer Hmm. or would come together, that was always such a fun time to... Um, play soccer over the summer, and you know go and grab ice cream after, and it's a totally different
3: different world out there. Yeah, I feel like your your summer your summer memories are definitely going to change if you're a kid. This is going to be a unique summer where, um, you know, you may have had that formative experience where you did the sleepaway camp and you you, you met that you know that special girl from that other camp and you know, you'll always have that. So I don't know why I'm making this stuff. And maybe that, yeah, yeah. I'll just make, I'll make one up also just
1: cause like you maybe you meet that girl and right. then like you think like maybe you try and have like a first kiss, but then you accidentally yeah. kiss them like on the nose nice. and then say, nice. Hey, maybe we could try that again tomorrow. Right. You try it again tomorrow and you have a, like an even slightly better first kiss nice. and then kind of go on with your life. Right. Like people might miss those types of memories. That sounded really you you started crying a little bit there. <laughs> with that, we're gonna head to our first ad break, thank our first sponsor, and then be back with our World Eleven draft.
3: Hey friend, scooch on over. I want to tell you a thing or two about Crest Hill Farms Cheese. Crest Hill Farms Cheese is churned by hand and aged by time. Our cheese, that is Crest Hill Farms cheese has the smoothest texture and creamiest flavor, sure to satisfy any occasion. Enjoying wine and crackers? Why not include some Crest Hill Farms Brie and Camembert to compliment? Making yourself a grilled cheese, are you? Look no further than Crest Hill Farms smoked Gouda or American Cheddar. Oh, you've got a hankering for some salami? How about you add some Crest Hill Farms Asiago or Provolone? Take one bite. We guarantee you'll feel right as rain. Crest Hill Farms, located at the corner of love and cheese.
2: What a great commercial. Or a great ad. Great ad. It was so vivid in my head in your smooth, suave voice, Jones. I pictured it as a commercial.
1: Slice through my ear like a piece of Swiss or camembert mm. or Crest Hill Farms cheese. I have a feeling Crest Hill Farms will be coming back. That's beautiful. We're excited to now bring you our World 11 Snake Draft with a couple of special guests, Jack and Derek. See who picks the best team. Welcome to the Footy Fellas World 11 Snake Draft, our first inaugural Snake Draft, where we're going to be joined by a couple of special guests in addition to the usual three on the pod. We've got Derek Grammer and Jack McGeech joining us from Florida and Boston, respectively. They are Chicago rec league soccer experts, aficionados, as well as tactical geniuses. And we're very excited to have them with us for this draft today. Geach, Grammer, welcome.
0: Guys, uh, it's an it's an absolute ple- pleasure to be here. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, ask to be on the pod. I know I've been a fan since day one, so
4: thanks for having me.
1: That's what we love to hear. We love our day one fans and every other fans,
3: but most people have been with us since the beginning,
1: so we yeah. appreciate it.
3: Yeah, we call you guys, we're, we're, we're kicking around affectionately calling you people Fofs. Fofs, that is friends of footy fellas. And there's two apps in there. There's three apps in there. It's a lot of apps, actually. But um, we might we might crown you guys as some of the inaugural Fofs.
0: Could, could we get some merch um, with that? Maybe maybe talk to Adam about getting some, uh, some jerseys designed up for the Fofs. Mm-hmm.
3: Depends how
1: the draft goes. If you're whoever <laughs> takes home this draft, as voted on by our fans on Instagram afterwards, they might receive a couple. They might receive some signed jerseys. We don't even know at this point. <laughs> I yeah.
2: think your rec your rec league is going to be Foffs FC now.
3: We can replace Corcorans as the as the the sponsor for the uh, team here in Chicago, and then Footy Fellows becomes the the brand team. Whoa! So we would be on the jersey. Yeah. So Footy Fellows, big, right big time. On the crest. oh yeah! Wow. Well, not the crest, but right in the, right the chest. Chevrolet
0: of sorts. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot.
1: <sighs> the rules for today's snake draft, going to run through those quickly so we know how to dictate who has come away with the best team. The objective of your team is to win a game tomorrow. You want to assemble the 11 players as well as a coach that will most likely win you a game tomorrow against any of our teams or any other teams out there in the world. Our draft order is going to be randomized in a second on the spot, live, for all of you to hear. Pretty exciting. And lastly, we're going to try and keep (laughs) keep each pick to about 20 seconds to make sure we can run through uh, a decent amount of these teams and see what we come up with before discussing afterwards. Jones is going to take us through draft order and how that will be
3: dictated. Draft order, snake order, you guys know how that rolls. Uh, First person's first, you go down all the way to the five. And then five starts the second round and we come back. Um, the order that has been randomly decided uh, upon a panel of uh, astute judges is uh, we will be going, um, it, as we most certainly do, we, we, we like to lend our, um, uh, our, our thanks to the elder statesmen, those who have been around a little longer. And so what we've done is we've taken everybody's club team and ranked them in order of when they were founded. So that will determine who is going first. Um, Eli, can you please uh, unravel that for us?
1: Yep. Yeah. Quick drum roll. Thank you. That's enough. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we'll start five. We'll start with number five just to build up the excitement in case our viewers already don't know people's preferred club teams or when they were founded. Number five happens to be myself, Eli, and. I am a fair weather fan, but I am a fan nonetheless of Chelsea because the gentleman that introduced me to the English Premier League was a Chelsea fan, and so I became a Chelsea fan light. And Chelsea was founded in 1905. So, I will be picking fifth. Fourth, Liverpool FC.
2: Oh, I hate Max
1: <laughs> Winters' team. What year? They were founded in 1892. So a bit before, 13 years before Chelsea, he'll be picking fourth. Third, Tottenham Hot sperm. Yeah, baby. Jack McGeech. They were founded in 1882, a bit before Liverpool, 10 years before Liverpool, he'll be picking third. Comes down to the last two. We have Jones and Grammar still up in contention for that first spot. In the second spot, picking second, is Manchester United. Founded in 1878, Max Jones, which means that Derek Grammer, one of our two special guests today, a big fan of Stoke City FC. Yes, you heard that right. Stoke City FC. <laughs> like could, 18- could I
0: clarify? And the only fan, I think you meant to say, of Stoke City <laughs> FC?
1: And, uh,
4: and uh, I know the year as well, actually. I knew this. This is the trivia fact. I hope you guys may have what known. Year? We're the second, uh, 1863.
1: Brilliant. that matches what uh, we are seeing online so
4: second think, second okay. oldest team continuous team actually in the the fa right now behind knotts county so a little fun fact for you footy trivia wow. fans out there yeah so i appreciate i love i love this format of, of drafting I, I think we should always go with oldest team <laughs> first
2: you know I'm, I'm actually glad it wasn't manchester united because i would have called rigged uh it would have been rigged because jones i would assume would have known his team was shown first, so I would have been upset.
3: I did my due diligence and did not look into this at all.
2: I was about to say, I should
4: clarify to the the listeners that I did not pick to become a Stoke City fan knowing that someday there would be a snake draft <laughs> <laughs> based, on, based on all this team. It, I would say Peter Crouch and Jeff Cameron are a lot of the reason why I became a Stoke fan, and Tony Poulos. Those are three pretty influential figures. And that's a podcast for another day, I'd say. I'm lucky
1: enough to be a guest again on here. Unless Tony ends up as your coach, then you might have some explaining to do. With that, we'll throw some time on the clock, get the first 20 seconds started, and first pick goes to you, Derek Grammer. Who are you taking with the first pick?
4: Yeah, I can be pretty quick with this one, guys. Um, I think that every good team, regardless of tactical style you're trying to employ, needs to be built from the back. Um, Definitely did some DD on this player because I – He doesn't typically play on a team that fits the style of the team I'm trying to play, but uh, Virgil van Dijk is going to be my first pick. I think he just enables you. He's actually quite good passing out of the back, so a team like mine who's going to do a lot of kind of ball playing out of the back, he will still be a fixture there. Um, I think he just is a a great anchor for what I hope to have my team play forward, and
3: and, uh, I'm
4: excited to have him as my first pick.
3: All right, defender first. So I guess I'm on the clock now. Uh, This feels like a no-brainer. Um, I'm going for someone who's young but has proven his talent, uh, arguably the uh, most valuable player in the world, uh, if not now, very, very soon. Uh, I'm going to put Kylian Mbappe um, leading my front line. Uh, Center forward capability um, can also play out in the wings. Uh, I'm thoroughly, thoroughly excited to have this man leading my front line.
0: I, I couldn't have been more more excited, knowing that um, Jones Jones and Grammar were picking ahead of me because I knew Messi would still on the be on the board, and I, 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 I just think it's an absolute it's just an absolute mistake, an uh, oversight, um, predictable, uh, but but an oversight nonetheless. Um, so we'll be we'll be taking Leo.
2: Oh, Geach. You took my number one man. <laughs> <laughs> but studs up FC, the fourth overall pick. It's not gonna be what some may think, Ronaldo. It's gonna be the boy, Sadio Mane. Favorite player right now in 2020. He's coming on studs FC. Studs up. Bit
1: of potential, potential uh, hometown bias there. You think he's genuinely fourth best player that you could have drafted right here?
2: I think he's got more heart and desire on the pitch than a Ronaldo.
1: And with the 5th pick I'll be drafting none other than Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the intro there Winter. However, I have to disagree given his pedigree and his ability to show up in big games and he's a stud. So, have to go with Ronaldo there up top. And then winding back down for my second pick in a row. Man, I'm going to I might regret this later not going with defenders early, but a team of Cristiano Ronaldo paired with Kevin De Bruyne out of the middle just feels too powerful to ignore. So my, my second pick will be Kevin De Bruyne.
4: That's that hurts. He was perfect. <laughs> he, he fit the mold of what my hope my team to be. So I, I love the pick for, I mean the, your team, but I think that he's met, he's he would have been a linchpin and would have gotten all the world the praise he deserves on my team. So.
1: <laughs> I'm happy to get him at six. I'm happy to get him at six. <laughs>
2: All right, I think I'm going to stick with the attacking mindset and go with just an absolute legend. Uh, Made him make a name for himself in the Bundesliga. I'm going to go Robert Lewandowski to accompany Sané up on top.
0: Mr. Winter, I I thought I was going to have a lot of trouble with with the other Macs on this call, but it seems you and I um, are going to be butting heads on this one. (laughs) I love it. Um, you you have to give me an extra five seconds here. I, I thought I, I thought I had that one in the bag.
1: You're already <laughs> calling up Lewandowski. You just texted him, and the GM was ready to speak with him. And yeah. it's we
0: Facetime. We Facetimed earlier, and, and he was really excited about the opportunity we were building here at Sporting Sporting Geach FC. <laughs> um, and and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. So one of my philosophies here, in, in thinking about the game is that the outside backs make make the biggest difference on the field, um, given you have quality players elsewhere. So I'm going to pull an early one, and I'm going to pick uh, another Bundesliga star for my, my right back, Mr. Joshua Kimmich.
2: Ooh. Ooh. Good pick. I
3: respect that. I respect that. You've clearly done your research. Um well, I'm going to keep my all star front line going. Uh, I also think it's critical that we talk about chemistry. Chemistry is what uh, it really can take a team up a, another notch. And, um, you know, this guy's contentious, but I'll tell you what, he plays and has been playing with uh, Mbappe and has helped Mbappe grow into the player that he is to a certain extent. So I am drafting as my second overall pick uh, Neymar. I'm just going to draft the full PSG team, aren't you? <laughs>
1: Oh, we we. I'll get them wee-wee. just
0: to the quarterfinals, and then and then they'll crap out.
1: Oh, shots fired. Ooh. I have nothing to say.
4: All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. With with that, I I am happy. My guy, Sporting each FC, I thought was about to steal my my target player. Now that Kevin was gone, um, this player is, in my opinion, one of the most versatile players in the Bundesliga. Um, has been a stalwart for Bayern Munich for upwards of, I would say, I don't know. Five five years it seems. Um, I actually my team is aiming to play five in the back, uh, with two kind of complete wing backs anchoring that, and similar to how uh Sporting Geach FC described it, the wingbacks are pretty robust and hugely necessary for the success of my team and their and their kind of motion around the pitch. So David Alaba for me is is a must back there. Um, I think he's he's a really interesting take because for Austria he does play in the center defensive mid spot, and so. If we do need to flex into kind of inverting the wingbacks and having them come in and play kind of like pseudo center defensive mids, I think he's one of the more versatile players there. Kimmich actually can do very similarly, and that's why I thought he would have been around a little longer. So I would have liked to grab him later, but I'm happy to have Alaba for my uh, second pick for Racing Club de Grammar. Um, Nod to Racing Club de Santander. Uh, Cool logo if you haven't seen it. Uh, Nice team in the north of Spain there.
3: Also want to go over, guys, uh, our, our team names. Can you please uh, repeat your team name and some of your your logic there?
4: Racing Club de Grammar, uh, Grammar being my, my last name. And for most of my college days, the proper name that I was known as uh, Derek kind of fell by the wayside uh, and Racing Club de, uh, just Racing Club of in Spanish, basically, uh, City Racing Club de Santander, uh, again, mentioned it's pretty interesting squad they they've kind of flirted with the the la liga over the last 20 years or so and do have a pretty interesting logo that i'm a pretty big fan of
3: my my name is uh american in-laws um it's a play on the american outlaws uh i i support team usa um i also support um marriage and love um so that's what i'm doing
0: i mean how do how do i follow that one up max um Jeez, that just touches touches the soul in this in this time. Uh, sporting Sporting Geach FC is a um, is a club a historic club based out of Argentina. Um, I know most of our listeners uh, won't won't be familiar with them, but they are uh, they're historic down down there in uh, in South America. All
2: right, and coming from the best state in the United States, Minnesota, we. Have got studs up FC. Uh, studs up FC has been around since uh, May of 2020. Great team, founded, and yeah, the team name is to instill fear in all opponents that take the pitch.
1: I'd be a bit scared if my name wasn't the Hamill Titans. A nod mm-hmm. to my alma mater, Hamilton College, as well as a nod to. Popular iPhone game Clash of the Titans, or maybe it's a movie, I'm not sure, but either way, it's a pretty cool team name. I think you'd all admit. With that, we'll begin the third round of our draft. Everyone now have, having drafted their first two picks Racing Club de Grammar, back to you.
4: Appreciate that. Um, yeah, uh, great names for everyone. Uh, definitely feel like mine could have been a little more creative, but you know, I'll, I'll ride with it. Um, my next pick, I'll be quick. I, I'm going with Bernardo Silva. Um, I think. Needed attacking player. My my desired formation is kind of going to be a 5-2-1, five, two, five, two, two, basically. So he'll be one of those two attacking midfielders on the outside.
3: Interesting choice. Um, I'm going to pick who I believe is the second most valuable midfielder you can have on a team in the world. Uh, and he goes by the name N'Golo Kante. Uh, I think he, he, runs, he runs and runs and uh, will... Belongs on any any first team that is going to dominate. Uh, so we welcome him into the family. He is now an in law.
0: <laughs> that's a that's a great steal in round three, uh, Mister Jones. I, I will say, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a young a, a young stalwart based out of uh, Barcelona here with uh, Frankie Frankie De Young. I've just been s- super impressed with him, and it, he'll he'll help uh, Sporting Sporting Gijon FC win games now, but also uh, in down the line.
2: All right, Studs Up FC is looking to strengthen their back line. And with the third pick for the team, uh, it's going to be Chiellini in the back off from Juventus.
1: Chiellini, interesting pick, interesting pick. I like the mixture here of, of veterans and youth going off the board early. The Hamilton Titans will... Follow the ladder trend, or not the ladder right there, but studs up FC trend of taking a veteran defender. I will be rolling with Sergio Ramos to lead my back line. Similar to Ronaldo, they've obviously played together, and he's got a lot of experience playing in big games, and we'll get the job done from the back, whether it be playing dirty, playing tactical, feels flexible for the rest of my team moving forward. Ah, it's me again. (laughs) <laughs> That's how snake draft works. So in addition to Ramos, now that I have one defender, one midfielder, one forward on, the, forward on the squad, I feel like that frees up a little bit of space for myself. And I think there is a bit more depth at those attacking the midfielder and forward positions. So I'm also going to roll with an outside back that I think will make a real difference when it comes to whipping in dangerous crosses, putting the other the other team under a lot of pressure. Don't say it. And <laughs> that player is Studs Up FC's likely next pick, Trent Alexander-Alexander-Arnold.
2: We are not friends anymore. Rip from
0: <laughs> right out under his nose.
2: <laughs> All right, it's sad to see Trent- not go to Studs Up FC. Everyone's disappointed. All the listeners are pissed off. Okay, <laughs> literally <let's... laughs> everyone is just pissed off at me. All right, but sticking with the defensive mindset, Studs Up FC is going to take another Juventus player, actually Chiellini's uh, counterpart, um, part of the BBC of Juventus, going to be Leonardo Benucci. Going to wow. have a couple studs. This is going to be, I mean, these guys really embrace the Studs Up mentality so uh i love to have a pretty strong back too all right i'm on i'm on the clock i'm on the clock
0: here there's a lot of a lot of great players on the board here i'm uh i'm I'm stifled by by indecision i feel i feel like i'm having a uh, panic moment if you will um and and i think i'm going to stick with my my previous strategy in doubled down on my outside backs here. I, I think um, stealing Jordi Alba at this point in the game is, is just, it, you, you can't not do it. I mean, he's, he's just so good. He'll dominate that wing and is really, really just a game changer here.
3: Um, so something that I want to consider, uh, that I, I worry people aren't thinking of too, too critically here is if we're playing in a, in a world league where there's only five teams and they're comprised of the best players, that means you're going to have some of the best attackers coming at you. And if you have the best attackers coming at you, I, I'm going to be honest. I think you might get exposed if you have a prima Donna, you know, offensive back, like, I don't know, trying to Alexander Arnold <laughs> with, you know, Mane running at him. But uh, I do know that there is one right back who, who will <laughs> stop everybody um, and I just want to make sure that he doesn't get taken, uh, and that's my boy, Juan Basaka.
2: Oh, there it is, folks. There it is. <laughs> he, he, would, he would have lasted for a while, I think. I say, <laughs> you, you, could
0: have, you could have had him at the end of the draft, dude.
2: <laughs> oh,
3: he will lock down any of your attacks, uh, so I feel very good that whatever you guys put on your team, whether it's Messi or Mane. Uh, Juan Basaka and
1: Conte on the same team team on the same pitch is pretty hard to, to break through. I'm, fully, I'm a little
3: I'm a little nervous. Not fully nervous, but a little worried. Feeling comfortable. I'm eager to see what a racing club de Santander Grammar third has to
4: say. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel as though I will not be following suit and picking I, I unfortunately my team is is not going to be having any Stoke players on them. Um I just, <laughs> um, we're not in a place right now and it's it's sad. We're not in a place right now where I'm I'm ready to bring up any of those players to this world-class level. Um, that being said, I do actually agree with one piece of sentiment Mr. Emer- Manager, or I guess General Manager of the American In-Laws pointed out, which is the need for shoring up defense. Um, I am playing teams going to play five back set, so having another ball playing center back is going to be quite important. Um, I personally think this guy is arguably, and most likely due to injury, but arguably one of the most underrated kind of players in the EPL this year, and you can just see this effect by how when he's been off Man City, their team has struggled immensely to defend um, and also create play out of the back. And that's Amarok Laporte, um, former Bilbao member, um, stalwart of the athletic Bilbao side, team that those of you who know me know I'm quite
1: fond of. This is a special message from the future. We will now be fast forwarding to the eighth round for the sake of time. Just kicking off the eighth round now. I will be will be building up that attacking line, and I'm actually just going to keep it easy. I'm going to go with one of Ronaldo's former strike partners, Gareth Bale.
2: Oh, nice pick! <clears throat> All right, studs up. FC is going to go with a uh, Real Madrid player. Um, Played played in the back, probably known maybe as a midfielder, but he was great playing defense as a good attacking wing. Left-footed, Brazilian, fantastic. I don't like a lot of Real Madrid players just um, because it's Real Madrid, but I do have a lot of respect for Marcelo. And I'm picking him as my outside left.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna stick on this Real Madrid train here as as much as I loathe them and uh, grammar can attest to this. Um, uh, I I really find it hard to swallow that I've I've taken this many Madrid players on my team given given my loyalties. Um, but he's French and he's big and he will let Messi play. Benzema is uh, I I think the perfect perfect addition to combine with Messi, to give him the space he needs to operate and then to, and and then to finish those goals. I mean, you can, you can hate him off the field. That's, that's fair. Most people do. Um, mo- most French people can't even, uh, can't even stand to look at him, but, but he's a world-class player.
3: I have a lot of respect for that pick. Um, I think it's critical when you build these teams, that it's not just superstars who, who, you know, will live in their own worlds and can't play together. You need people who are lynching them together and, and I feel like, uh, you know, we look for that chemistry, that connection. I think uh, what I'm missing is my midfield, that, that connection there. And, and one thing that uh, is nice to have is maybe a duo who played together and won a World Cup. Um, I also think uh, uh, this player should be allowed to do what he wants to do. And I think Conte will give him some support that he hasn't had in that midfield for quite a while for his club team. So we're drafting uh, Paul Pogba as our uh, number eight in the midfield.
2: Oh, the man, you boy, picking Pogba.
1: I was deciding which grammar was going to get him. Yeah, I was deciding between Pogba and Meljic as well in the midfield there to support support others. So I I
0: was under
4: the impression that we're supposed to try to win here, so Pogba would not make make my side. He might make the pictures and the the marketing material, but his egoistic style and nature are not kind of what my team, at least,
1: is embodying. We're not about that that flair type play. Um, who, who would you rather take than Pogba to finish off round eight?
4: Yeah, so I actually am going to complete my back, my defensive back three. I guess the three center backs of my back, my back five. There, I should say. Um, this player, I had to double check in the break here because I again haven't watched a ton of Bundesliga this past season. I've kind of only combed through some, combed through some metrics and some footage of. A tactical basis but um I think this player actually has and if you do look at the last month specifically he this player has played arguably the best center defensive center back play in the Bundesliga yet he's still 31 years old um has has been during his career called the the most dynamic modern center back um in the world uh, and that's Mats Hummels I think his com- combination of vision and passing with ability to kind of win aerial battles um, and kind of strong tackling and positioning ability is just like an undeniable talent back there.
1: Kicking off round nine, you get one more pick.
4: Keep it simple, Yeah, uh, Antoine Griezmann. He hasn't come off the board yet. I know he recently bias-wise has had a tough year this year at Barca comparably, but still an amazing talent. I think he'll actually be my kind of center forward type player.
3: I'm going to run like a four-three-three, so I need my third midfielder in there. Um, and that midfielder is a person who's uh, just about done, just about done with his career, but I'll tell you what, he's still a top, top center attacking mid um, and has been creating chances for Man City for the past decade. I'm throwing in a young David Silva.
0: I am also building my team in that that four three three very adaptable style, um, and I, I think that, that CAM position is, is just the linchpin of it all. And I'm gonna I'm gonna place my bets on on a midfielder out of out of the Bundesliga, Mr. Mr. Tiago Alcantara.
4: Great player.
2: Nice. All right. Uh, as well, studs up FC is going for a 4-3-3 positioning. Um, and we really like the Bundesliga. We like German players. Um, and we're going for a little bit of speed. So, rounding out our midfield, that third pick, we're going for speed on the wing. He's young, uh, very talented. It is Gnabry.
1: Mm. Mm. He was high up on my board as well. With my last pick, I might actually run, a, you know, I might hopefully put these 4 3 3s to shame with running kind of a modified 4 3 3, more of a 4 5 1 potentially, loading up the midfield. I'm going to actually bring salah into the fold i think to play opposite bale one more special message from the future we're going to jump ahead to our analysis of our teams and who we think we can beat most easily given our strengths and weaknesses the rounds you missed we drafted goalkeepers and managers obviously key pieces to the team but you'll hear a rundown of all of our teams now and almost forgot check out Footy fellas pod on instagram for pictures of the teams
4: Managed by Pep Guardiola. We're employing a tiki taka esque style of play um, that I'll get into in the minute I have at the end. Uh, goalkeeper Ederson, we're playing a 5 2 2 1 formation um, for the most part uh, with a three center back pairing and then two wing backs, two center mids, uh, two kind of way outside midfielders or outside attacking midfielders and a striker. Uh, Pep Guardiola is the manager. Uh, goalkeeper is Ederson. He's going to play a sweeper keeper role. Uh, you have Van Dyke, uh, Virgil Van Dyke, Amaric Laporte, and Mats Hummels are the back three. Um, Sergio Roberto is the right wing back. Um, David Alaba is the left wing back, and they're playing in complete wing back roles if you are aware of football manager roles, which means they attack up and down the pitch kind of relentlessly. Um, center midfield pairing is Tony Cruz and Luis Alberto for the most part. Bruce will kind of hang a little bit back, comparably, and Alberto will hang. Will kind of play a more attacking space, but they'll they'll both be in the center mid spot. There, we won't have an attacking defensive midfielder role defined for either of them. Um, and then right attacking mid for the start will be Bernardo Silva. Left attacking mid is Lirazane, and the striker who'll be playing kind of a deep lying forward role will be or, or false nine. Depending on who we're playing would be uh, Antoine Griezmann. A sub off the bench is the. My pick for the future stud of the draft is uh, Jean-Claire Todibo. He's a 20-year-old center back on loan from Barcelona at Schalke. So the strength of our side is going to be, I think we have a great balance of attack and defense. Um, We have some of the best defensive players, I would say, in this draft. Um, And and the 5-2-2-1, actually, if you do push up those two attacking midfielders at the right and left, that, that does give you quite a venerable attack up front. The weakness is definitely we don't have any width in the center part of the pitch. Um, which could be exposed. um yeah, i would I would like my chances best against uh, this I'd say studs up FC. I think nothing against their manager. I think they have some older center backs. That are, uh, they're' gonna have a tough time kind of dealing with the way my team is playing and
3: American In-Laws, uh, unfortunately, for the first time in its history, um, does not have any actual Americans on the team. It's a shame, but um, uh, had we done the draft properly, probably would have been a sub. Um, uh, alas, we have what we have in front of us, which is a team that is uh, what I like to think has has its biggest strength is it has a game breaker in each um, each phase it has a person who will disrupt your attack um, and your star, your star player. Uh, if they're coming down the wing, that's, that's a uh, one Wamba Um We've got Conte in the midfield who will disrupt anyone's midfield. If you're trying to play your Tiki Taka, who will out talk your tick. And then uh, up top, um, uh, I've got the electrifying, electrifying pace of Mbappe who will burn anyone else. Um, it's a, it's an incredible team with uh, dynamism, um, I think what the team lacks is the um, uh, super polished in his prime center back. We have the aged PK and we have the youthful DeLitt, but not not someone right in between. Um, I do feel confident, though, with Pochettino at the helm. We'll be playing an attacking, expansive style of football that will force teams to um, either sit back or try, at least try their best to play against us in open play, where we will outskill anyone. Um, I am. I, I do feel good uh, against a uh, uh, studs up FC, um, but I feel like I will avert uh, the spotlight to Sporting Gijon FC, where I don't think he can handle that back line, can handle the pace of uh, of a Neymar, a Mbappe, and a Sterling, um, and I feel confident that my defense will uh, uh, shut down um, his 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 attack. Um, so American in-laws feeling good. We'll, we'll be going uh, five and out and out.
0: Shots fired at, uh, at sporting Beach. Um But, but you know what? I'll, I'll take it. I, I welcome that challenge, Mr. Jones. Um, I, I would love, I would love to go head, head to head, head with you. I think that would just be an electric match. Um, and, I, and I do think we do, the two of us do have the best squads here. I, I will say that your squad is definitely the most frightening. Um, I will go through my lineup here first uh, before we get into that, though. Uh, so, coached by Sporting Geek FC, coached by Zinedine Zidane. Um, at the back, we have Ter Stegen, Joshua Kimmich, Rafael Varane, Harry Slabhead McGuire, um, and Jordi Alba. In the midfield, a midfield trio of Casemiro, Frankie DeYoung, and Tiago. And a, a front line that is that is to dream of. We have Lionel Messi, Kareem Benzema, and Meng Song. Um, I I am a little bitter that I had to take so many Real Madrid players and their coach. Um, I will say that's a that's a misstep on my behalf, but their success is undeniable, and and I just had to do it. Um, I, I'm I'm pretty confident about this squad. I like. I like the point that uh, Jones picked out, and I do also think that I have a game-breaker at each position. I think starting at the back with Ter Stegen, he's he's not afraid of a battle, and he's going to make those big stops. And then Rafael Varane and, and Maguire, I think, are are just absolute studs back there. Uh, Maguire's pace does does uh, make me a little bit nervous, but I think uh, Varane, Kimmich, and Alba can make up for that. Um, and I think the, the real differences we're, we're going to see here is the ability of Kimmich and Alba to get forward and the ability of De Jong and Casemiro to drop back and provide that coverage that, that we really need to let those players go forward and, and have fun with uh, Messi, Benzema, and Son. And I think I have enough, I think just enough goals up there to, to win to win enough games. I would love. Let me just take a quick look here at the Hamilton Titans. Um, really, really digest what they have going on. I'm not particularly afraid. But
1: um, well, you're impressed. You're not afraid, but you're extremely impressed.
0: Sure. And, and yeah. And scared. It, it, it strikes me. It strikes me as as the same way when when we would go when we would drive up to to Hamilton, New York, and and play the uh, play the what are you guys are the Camels. And the play the camels for the continentals. <laughs> oh, it's the weird continentals. you don't remember our
1: names since we beat you
2: five years straight.
0: Woo! Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Waterville doesn't have the best water for soccer players. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> um, I, I think I, I have to take a stab at at Racing Club to grammar here. I, I think I, I, I appreciate the theoretical approach to the game here with Pep I am a Pep fan but if you do look at Pep's history in finals I think he's a little uh, I just don't see enough goals in that squad grammar I I think Griezmann Griezmann's great Sane's great Silva's great but you don't have an Mbappe you don't have a Messi you don't have a Lewandowski and you don't have Ronaldo I I just don't see your attack breaking breaking through so I'm going to pick my match with grammar
4: my only, I guess, my only comeback on that would be I'll be, keep it brief. Is that I don't think that Pep's ever had since his Barcelona days a, a defensive pairing, a defensive pairing like I have here, and I think that will enable the rest of the team to push for more forward than typically they would be used to. I think Pep having a player like Van Dijk alongside Laporte and Hummels is, is two players which he's he has managed in Laporte and Hummels is a dream for him, and so I. I would welcome the challenge from teams from sporting Geach. Uh,
1: welcome the challenge. Fair points, fair <laughs> points. Studs up FC. How's
2: your All looking? right. You know, taking some early punches from <laughs> Grammar Racing Club and the American in-laws with Jones. But you know, I think I I half expected it. You know, the back line, Benucci, um well on the older side, but I think I think Italian defenders are what you want. I think they are born and bred just aggressive and very solid defenders, not going to throw their weight around. So really those two are looking to kind of bloody up the attack uh, and really kind of scare them from, from making any any moves um, on goal. So let's just uh, run the team real quick. So coached by Jurgen Klopp, we've got Allison in keep, uh, Chiellini, Benucci as the center defenders, Marcelo as the left defender, and Ricardo Pereira on the right. In midfield, we got Hazard, Zayek, and Serge Gnabry. And forwards, we got Sadio Mane, Lewandowski, and Jaden Sancho, uh, with Fernandinho on the bench. Yeah, I think uh, right off the bat, the my biggest um, the biggest struggle with Studs Up FC is going to be that midfield defensively, um, as Grammar pointed out. Midfield is definitely looking a lot more uh, to attack than. Maybe, maybe I would like, but I think we have a very strong attack. I, I think the team I fear the most playing is probably going to be the American in laws only for the speed of Mbappe and the skill of Neymar. Um, I think the combination is is pretty lethal. I think if, if a Keanu or Benucci gets a hold of Mbappe, I think they'll try and break his leg, but um, <laughs> if they can't do that, then. It's gonna be it's gonna be a hard time.
1: A lot of interesting matchups to potentially play out. Lastly, the Hamill Titans rocking a 4-5-1, our coach being Diego Simeone, in goal, Jan Oblak across the back from left to right. We got Felipe Luis, Sergio Ramos, koulibaly and Trent Alexa- Alexander Arnold in the midfield. Our five comprising the midfield, the, the midfield trio that will be playing a triangle of, of sorts will be De Bruyne at the top of that triangle with Modric and Fabinho sitting behind him, hopefully both locking down the middle defensively and springing great balls out wide to Bale on the left and Salah on the right. And that great backbone will be supporting the one and only Cristiano Ronaldo up top, who will hopefully pour in a goal or two, as he seems to do in a lot of big Champions League games and other big moments in his career. Uh, our super sub, again, Tim Krul, case it goes to PK shootout. Otherwise, we're keeping him on the bench in a penny and sipping on his water. I'm pretty <laughs> pleased with the midfield. I think that's one of the strengths of the Hamill Titans, that five in the midfield, especially the midfield trio of De Bruyne, Modric, and Fabinho. I think they're good possession-wise, and they'll they're smart enough tactically to hopefully keep our shape. And... Match up against any of these other these other squads in the midfield. I think we also have some pace on the wings with Bale and Salah, as well in the back with uh, Trent up up and down that that right flank. I think some of the big weaknesses are the attacking ability, just given that we're playing a 4-5-1 and Ronaldo might be a bit isolated if we're not keeping the ball. So I think our general ability to attack and especially the transition attack might be tough, as well as chemistry wise, which I think Jones pointed out. Our back line especially, not a ton of chemistry there. Players that haven't played together have slightly different play styles and would really need to get familiar. So I think that the chemistry in the back line might be, might be one of our downfalls. The team I would love to play is Sporting Geach, because, not because I think it's a super favorable matchup for, for my side, but because I think there's a lot of great uh, Real Atletico blood going on here especially Mm -hmm. just within Real I'd love to see some of his current and former players of Zidane come up against him and see how he tries to approach defending Ronaldo defending Bale uh playing against Ramos playing against Felipe Luis sorry not Felipe Luis that's the Atletico connection but a lot of good La Liga tension here and I think going up against Messi son the Messi versus Ronaldo matchup there's a lot to advertise here as well so I think it must be it might be the most highly promoted game and the, the most watched game here. Just just saying, but
0: I would I would happily happily take that matchup. I would I would love to see that. Um, yeah, sporting sporting Geach FC, come come find us, come come play.
1: <laughs> Where well, you guys are based out of a small town in Argentina, right?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, 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 a small small town outside of uh, Cordoba. <laughs>
1: So we got to come to you? we got to come play in Argentina? Yes,
0: it's um, it, it's fairly high altitude, a beautiful, beautiful mountain, mountainous region um, where we would run your socks off, uh, for sure.
3: That's kind of
1: nice, actually. Maybe that's just where we hold the tournament. <laughs> outside, outside, outside of Cordova on a mountain.
4: <laughs> uh, my team is not really built for altitude, high altitude play. I'll point that out. But
1: <laughs> That was your one misstep racing club to grammar. <laughs>
4: We're pretty coastal side.
1: <laughs> Thank you both for joining us. Uh, a great draft all around, a fun exercise, and we'll see how it plays out, who, who people think uh, did the best, and we'll, we'll leave it up to our, our followers to evaluate us. With that, we'll head to our second ad break and be right back.
2: You're used to getting assists on the field, always finding the open teammate in the best position to score the winning goal you single-handedly take your team to the championship, only to have the striker whiff a game winner on a beautiful arcing cross you delivered on a platter. Now it is time for you to get the assists you deserve. Introducing the patent-pending Ultimate Assist app for your smartphone. Simply download it, and whenever the phone or computer senses another person looking at your screen, the app will intelligently kick in and message you about all the compliments you have given this person, even if you never have. Show your crush a few TikToks on your phone and watch the assists come flying in. You're right, Taylor is the cutest in the world. You should ask Taylor out. All messages sent from the app are disguised as coming from your friends and family. Now you're with Taylor, and life is good because you got the ultimate assist.
3: That's pretty innovative. A dating app? Like, is that like, it's <laughs> like, like how a dating
1: aid. Is. Yeah. <laughs> Time for our critically acclaimed over-under segment,
3: that you all know and love and Jones will be leading this week. Thank you for the intro. Um, this week we are um, comparing uh, our favorite uh, goal celebrations and whether or not they are overrated, underrated, or perfectly rated. We'll start with you, um, Eli Lischmann. Uh Can you confirm whether the dead fish is over or underrated? The dead fish is underrated. For those of you that don't know, it's jumping
1: and then midair going limp in your body and landing like a fish. So the name is actually pretty gruesome when I explain it, but it's an amazing celebration. It's underrated.
3: Uh thank you. Max winner can you confirm if the two knee slide is over underrated?
2: Ooh, the two knee slide is underrated. It's just so quintessentially soccer, uh, the soccer celly. Um it's just a lot of passion, a lot of energy. It's 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 underrated.
3: Uh, back to you, Eli, is Boxing the Corner Flag over or underrated? Boxing the Corner
1: Flag is rated because a lot of people have done it at this point, but it's still a classic. Like, it's up there with a couple of classics that are kind of age-old celebrations. I've seen people box the Corner Flag for years now, and every time it still warms my heart.
3: It's rated. Excellent. Uh, Mr. Winter, <clears throat> what is what is the, the shush, the shushing of the crowd? Is that over or underrated?
2: Ooh, shishing the crowd is savage, and I love it. Um, I think it's it's underrated. You know, it, it also depends on the, the type of game that's going on. If you're up 5-0, you throw it up. Horrible move. Um, but I love it. I think it's underrated generally.
3: Mr. Lichman, uh, talk to me about your experience. Is the backflip over or underrated? The backflip's overrated, and any good coach will tell
1: you that even trying the backflip is silly because you put not only yourself but your team at risk of a serious injury if you backflip into one of your teammates and kick them in the face you're both injured Mm. overrated don't backflip as a celebration uh
3: mr winter shining the boots
2: oh man not only is it creative it is just you know rubbing dirt in the wound of the opponents Uh, i think it is look i love the sally underrated gotta do it it's fun Gets the team pumped.
3: Mr. Lichman, uh, is diving into the crowd over or underrated? Diving into the crowd is overrated. Same reason as the
1: backflip. I just feel like all these celebrations are not economical. They're dangerous. And you shouldn't be diving into the crowd unless you're playing, unless your pitch is a concert venue. You should not be diving into the crowd. Or or like one of the mats at a, at a gymnastic studio. Yeah, unless you're either at a concert or at your local gym studio with a bunch of like four and
3: five-year-olds, and there's a lot of foam blocks below. Don't dive into the crowd. Uh, Mr. Winter, last but not least, can you confirm whether the Balotelli shirtless flex is over or underrated?
2: Ooh, the shirtless flex, that may have crossed the line for me. I think that is overrated. I think that is, it's just too much. No one wants to see it. Stop flexing. You're not Balotelli. You're not Ronaldo. It's, It's overrated.
1: We have footage of you flexing after a couple of your goals. Winter, what would you say to that when that, sur- when that footage surfaces? What would you respond to that?
2: It was uh, I was in a dark spot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that goal was just really meaningful to me.
2: <laughs> I was coming off a hard personal struggle, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I was also jacked because I worked out
2: that day. When I was nine. <laughs> you guys are I- creatine. <laughs> You try having a four-pack as a (laughs) nine-year-old. That would actually set
1: you apart. Nine-year-old with a four-pack. That's kind of sick. That is our episode for today. As always, thanks for listening, making it this far. Follow us on social, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. We're basically everywhere at this point. Footy Fellows Pod, F-O-O-T-Y, Footy Fellows Pod. And tune in for more great content. We'll be back next week. Au revoir.
2: Nice.
0: And then last weekend, last weekend was a, was a good weekend. We did fruity, di mari, which is like a seafood, seafood pasta, which actually came out pretty good.